Hi, it's Alexa, and this is Savage Lifecast. Because in a world full of chaos, loving yourself is a savage act. We're here to create conscious conversations around all the goods, all the important stuff, all the yummy stuff, life, love, spirituality, business. So let's all take a deep breath and get ready to pause, to breathe, and to savor it all. Let's go. Hello, beautiful souls. Um, Alexa here. My little savages. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Today, I wanted to talk to you about body image and how to cultivate a more loving relationship to that body of yours because we all have a body. If you are on this planet listening to this, understanding my words, you are enjoying a human experience. And to enjoy the human experience means to be confined to a body. And that's a really beautiful privilege because our body is responsible for enabling us to experience sensation. I firmly believe that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. And as spiritual beings on a soul level, we know love. We are love at our essence. So as souls, to proliferate our growth and to deepen our understanding and to gain tools and elevate and ascend, we souls enter a human body. And whether you agree with this or not, go with it, because regardless... We're going to talk about body image, but we enter this human body and we get to experience every sensation possible, potentially, if we're really living, unless we're really numbing out, right? Unless we're doing everything that we can to fully avoid, right? Like if we're avoiding relationships, you are avoiding a pivotal part of your growth. If you're avoiding, um, if you're numbing out with a substance, whether it's an eating disorder, whether it's alcohol abuse, whether it's sex abuse, whether it's a shopping addiction, whatever it is, if there's numbing out, then we're numbing out part of the human condition. We're numbing out sensation. Every sensation gets a seat at the table. Every emotion gets a seat at the table. In fact, I truly believe that as souls, we are here to experience every sensation, even the, actually, especially the painful ones. Because to the soul, sensation is a privilege because the soul doesn't know sensation. A soul knows love, just love. That's all it is. It's what we're made of. It's who we are. So we come into these bodies and that's, that's difficult. It's difficult because we come into these bodies and then our egos pipe up. Well, our body should look like this. Well, our body should be able to do this, that, and the other thing. Our body should be able to show up in life this way. It should look like this standard of beauty, which by the way, we've totally created and manipulated. And then we spend 
a lot of our human experience being in resistance to our body rather than being in support of our body. And when we do this for long enough, we develop eating disorders, we develop body dysmorphia, we develop uh, a tumultuous relationship to our physical facility. And I have to keep it real with you guys. I don't really know any human being that hasn't battled their body for at least a day, just even just a day of like, uh, I don't look that good or a lifetime of, you know, throwing up your food. I mean, there's a sliding scale. I truly believe there is a sliding scale when it comes to our relationship to our body and the, the healthiness of that relationship. Right. It's pretty wild. It's, it's really, really wild. Um, because I think when we get so caught up in our worthiness being dependent on how we look and what we can do with our body, we are completely bereft of experiencing what's happening. There was a meme going around for a while that said, anytime you're saying I'm fat, it's really code for I'm scared, I'm lonely, I'm tired, I need a break. It's basically a defense against being present. Whenever we are obsessing over our body in whatever way we obsess, whether we're quote unquote too skinny and we wish we had more curves or more muscle or more mass or looked more masculine or whatever it is, or if we are too curvy and we wish we were more slender or we're too heavy and we wish we were more curvy and or whatever the case may be, we all have our version of it. When we're caught up in that, we are actually not obsessing about that. What we are is we're avoiding what's really going on. We're avoiding um, looking at what's right in front of us. We're avoiding feeling something that we actually don't want to feel. And when when I was first in recovery for anorexia, for, for most of you who have been following me for a while, um, you know that my history with my body has been really intense and, um, growing up as a dancer and being a a professional, um, actress, dancer, singer for many years. And now I'm a yoga teacher and, uh, Instagram influencer and all sorts of silly things, um, which I love, but, um, my relationship has been really rough. But when I was first developing, um, some compassion for myself around my body, I was taught to halt halt. H-A-L-T. When you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Because without a doubt, hungry, angry, lonely, tired, you are going to react in some way, either berating yourself for the way that you look, acting out in some disordered eating behavior, or full-blown eating disorder, right? Um, So whatever, whatever your relationship is to your body, be mindful around those times. I mean, how many times have you been exhausted? So all you do is pick up a you know carton of ice cream and sit in your bed. And sometimes that's a wonderful thing to do. It's about the intention behind what you're doing. That's real. That's the reality. Is it's about intention. If you're eating because it's pleasurable, 
and it's joyous and you are in good company and it feels authentic to what's going on, then go nuts. I want that shit eaten up. Go for it. But if you're eating to check out or numb out, that's a very different experience. And the same thing goes for under eating or over exercising. It's intention. If you're under eating because you want to cleanse your body, and by the way, that's a, that's a slippery slope because I, I remember being anorexic going, oh yes, I'm cleansing and using that as kind of an excuse, but really I wasn't, I was just starving myself, right? You have to get really clear with yourself and really truthful and really authentic and really, um, really just real, just fucking real with yourself. What is my intention behind my behavior? Am I, am I doing my best to not feel what I don't want to feel? Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Am I trying to escape those sensations or the other millions of sensations that the human experience cultivates? So I think when it comes to cultivating a more loving relationship to our body, first we have to look at what the behavior is that we're doing why we're doing it, what we're trying to avoid, and actually embracing that sensation or scenario. For me, a lot of my eating disorder stuff was around loneliness. I felt incredibly lonely. I've felt felt pretty lonely most of my life. I remember being a little girl and, and my parents were wonderful, but it was my story that I was always alone. And in some ways I really was because I had two very successful parents, but it was also the story that I held on to that I was very lonely. So a lot of my eating disorder stuff was around loneliness in times of feeling lonely or abandoned. That's when my eating disorder stuff would kick up. So instead of trying to rebuff that sensation of loneliness and check out of it by participating in behavior that doesn't serve me, the antidote, the kryptonite, is to befriend the loneliness, to sit with the loneliness, to breathe through the loneliness and stay open to any information that that formation has, that sensation. What what information does that sensation have, that, that form? And just get clear on where the behavior is coming from. And know that Cultivating a more loving relationship to your body is not like a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am thing overnight. This is a lifetime thing. I mean, my grandmother died at 80 something as an anorexic. She had Alzheimer's. She was a beautiful, beautiful woman. I mean, she was very, very thin, but she was, it, she, you know, dressed it well. So you didn't, couldn't necessarily tell. And um, she had an event there was someone had, it wasn't, it's not a lovely event. Someone had died and she needed to wear a dress and she was in her eighties. And she asked my mother if she looked fat in the dress as an 80 something year old, like this stuff, this stuff doesn't just die. This stuff around our body is an ever, (laughs) to quote Shakespeare, it's an ever fixed mark right? It's a, it's an ever persistent process where we continue to choose learning to stay, to stay present to sensation rather than check out. And to one day at a time, know that we deserve our own love and respect in the way in which we behave towards ourselves.
and to choose to see things differently, to choose thoughts that are in alignment with our intention to be more kind to our body, right? If my intention to be more loving towards my body uh, is the thing, right? If that's my intention, I, I intend to be more loving towards my body, but every 15 minutes I'm looking in the mirror and going, wow, you're a fat fuck. Not the nicest thing, not really in alignment with my intention. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like the, in, like we set intentions and it seems like this woo woo spiritual thing with purple. And I got to tell you, it's not. Yes, you set intentions to the universe and that's dope and like we're energetic beings and there's a there's a response there. But a huge part of setting an intention is being in alignment with them with our thoughts and with our actions. So the question is, what would someone who loved themselves do? What would someone who loved themselves do? How would someone who loved themselves eat? How would someone who loved themselves exercise? How would someone who loved themselves rest? How would someone who loved themselves respect their own boundaries? How would someone who loved themselves drink alcohol? How would someone who loved themselves hydrate? The the list is everlasting, right? But that is the work, is continuing to ask ourselves and inquire within, right? We, we keep things in life interesting by staying interested, whether it's in our relationship to ourselves, our relationships to our partner, our relationships to our coworkers, to our job, our relationship to food, We keep things interesting by staying interested. So continue to ask yourself that question. What would someone who loved themselves do? And then do that. All my love.